He is risen. He is truly risen. Let me be the first to welcome you all here and having a very happy Easter as we keep vigil celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. Uh, on this most sacred night, we as Christians celebrate the most important event transformation in the history of the universe. And that is the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's not a resuscitation. It's not like Lazarus, who went on to die later. Jesus will never die because he is truly resurrected. This is something new and unique that has never happened before in history. All the myths of the dying and rising gods do not compare to what we experience and believe as Christians. Probably the most succinct and beautiful explanation of the importance of the resurrection comes, as you probably are not surprised, from Pope Benedict and his book, Jesus of Nazareth, volume two. He says, the New Testament testimonies leave us in no doubt that what happened in the resurrection of the Son of Man was utterly different, utterly different than what came before. Jesus' resurrection was about breaking out into an entirely new form of life, into a life that is no longer subject to the law of dying and becoming, but lies beyond it a life that opens up a new dimension of human existence. A new dimension of human existence. He continues, therefore, the resurrection of Jesus is not an isolated event that we could set aside as something limited to the past, but it constitutes an evolutionary leap to draw an analogy, albeit one that is easily misunderstood, he says, in Jesus' resurrection, a new possibility of human existence is attained that affects everyone and that opens up a future, a new kind of future for mankind. And herein lies that third gift. When talking about the gifts that Jesus leaves to us before his departure to the right hand of God the Father, we've seen the gift of the Eucharist, the gift of his mother, and now it is the gift of a share in his resurrection. That we too will rise from the dead in glorified bodies, never to die again. And that resurrection breaks into the world a new possibility of human existence. St. Paul tells us in his first letter to the Corinthians that Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And we who are baptized into the death of Christ share in his death and come to share in his resurrection. And that's why you individuals who will be baptized tonight, we're going to go down into the water, it's down into the death, down into the tomb to rise up again to new life. This is why we celebrate baptism at the Easter Vigil. Sin and death in Christ's resurrection have been overcome by Jesus entering into the darkness of sin and death. 
And we get to share in that victory. It's not just a spiritual victory, but it is a bodily victory that we will share in when our bodies are returned to our souls in a glorified manner. This is something I wanted to really talk about more during uh, our reflections, during our theme. Potentially it was going to be the other theme, and that's the importance of the body. The body is central to Christianity. That's why Jesus rose from the dead in that glorified body. It's something that we cannot disregard as much as our culture may want us to, to say what really matters is how you feel. This uh, expressive individualism. When I think I am, I truly am inside. No, the body matters. It's not a ghost body. The body is constitutive of our existence, even more so now that Christ is risen from the dead. And so, if Jesus Christ is truly risen, then everything is different. Everything is different in the world, in creation, in our own existence as humans. And the lives of those who have been baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus, their lives should change in accord with that. A new way of thinking, a new way of living in the world, looking forward to the ultimate resurrection of the body. And so I've been quoting Flannery O'Connor a lot. She's sort of the, the theme, the thread that runs through this, this theme or this topics that, these topics that I've been looking at. So instead of giving a quote from her, I'm going to quote from one of her stories, her greatest story. Most of you may know it. A good man is hard to find. Without giving it away, it deals with this family and a grandma on a trip. They get sidetracked and they end up meeting some nasty fellows. One of them, a criminal named the Misfit. And as the Misfit is talking to the grandmother who calls out the name Jesus, the Misfit, an unbeliever, says, Jesus was the only one that ever raised the dead. And he shouldn't have done it. He shown everything off balance. If he did what he said, then it's nothing for you to do but throw away everything and follow him. And if he didn't, then it's nothing for you to do but enjoy the few minutes you've got left the best way you can. What does he mean? Is that if Jesus truly was risen from the dead, if he did what he said he would do, then everything's different. If we really believe that, we'd give up everything to follow Jesus. And so, this is the problem. This is the irony or the first paradox for all of this glorious Easter talk. All the different things that we say and we sing. You know what? In the world and in our lives, things do not look much different. Resurrection doesn't seem like a victory. If you read the stories of Flannery O'Connor, it will seem that way. Evil is real. Death is real. The earth, the world, creation is off balance. However, grace still exists. It just manifests itself in a way that we don't normally expect. 
And so we look around the world, and if we don't have the eyes of faith, or even if we do have the eyes of faith, death still exists. Chaos, destruction in nature, violence, and then people, Christians baptized, we all still sin. We struggle with belief. We suffer. And the fact is, most of us do not throw away everything that we own to throw ourselves fully into belief in Christ. So why is that? Why does it seem that as much as we talk about the glory of the resurrection and have this big liturgy and all these celebrations, that we believe that the path of human existence has changed, why does it all look the same? Why does it appear that nothing in the world has changed? And here is the real catch. We've been talking about the gift that was given. The gift here is the share in the resurrection. But there's always something that's different, that does not unexpected. This is the thing that is unexpected. That here we have the greatest event in history, the one that changed the trajectory of existence, that completely gave us a new way of existence, and no one saw it. It happened in a cave with a stone rolled in front of it in the middle of the night with absolutely no witnesses. Doesn't make any sense. If God is going to act in this way to change and transform death into life, it should be something that everyone sees. It should be this great manifestation. But the fact is, if we're honest, that's not how God tends to work. He works in the way that we don't expect. He doesn't walk into Jerusalem as we began on Palm Sunday with great victory, and he comes in instead to be defeated. The opposite of what the myth is, the opposite of what we expect. And of course, Ratzinger explains it better than anyone. Throughout the history of the living, the origins of anything new have always been small practically invisible and easily overlooked. The Lord himself has told us that heaven in this world is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds, yet contained within it are the infinite potentialities of God. In terms of world history, Jesus' resurrection is improbable. It is the smallest mustard seed in history. The most powerful event in history is the smallest seed. He continues, this reversal of proportions is one of God's mysteries. The inverse, what we don't expect. The great, the mighty, is ultimately the small. And the tiny mustard seed is something truly great. So it is that the resurrection is entered the world only through certain mysterious appearances to the chosen few. And yet, it was truly the new beginning for which the world was silently waiting. No displays of explosions, no lasers, no great manifestations or theophanies. Just like God becoming man in the incarnation in a little baby in a small town to a poor couple that no one noticed, the way that death is defeated is it the same way? So small, so tiny, 
so few people and no witnesses to the actual event. And the only way we know about it is through the testimony of the apostles. There's no way we could have dreamed of this. There's no way that this is something we could have expected, which gives it the sign and the seal that the resurrection is true. It is from God because it is so unexpected, so small, so seemingly uneventful, but yet so powerful, the most important event in the history of the universe. But for us to be able to truly see it, to understand this mystery of how greatness is contained in the smallest unseen thing, it takes a different type of thinking. A revolution to have a spirit-filled mind. What did Jesus say? You, Father, have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to the childlike. This is the message for today's gift and all of the gifts that we've discussed over the course of the Triduum, and in fact, any gift that comes from the Lord. We must become like little children if we are going to receive them, if we have any chance of truly appreciating them. Because why? Children have no expectations, no prejudices. We only gain those as we grow in age and our supposed wisdom and learning. The child is completely open to receive the gift that Christ gives. Eucharist, Mary, the resurrection. And so Easter is a celebration of new life of this new mode of existence. And if we as Christians are going to truly live into into it, we must become like little children so that we on this earth and in the next life can truly obtain and live in the gift of eternity, the gift of heaven in Christ. Amen.